The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In today's business world, you need to have a unique edge in order to thrive. Your show host, Lisa Chickles, understands you have to live it to get it. And she is here to give what they couldn't teach you in business school. This is Chat with Chickles, featuring brand champion Lisa Chickles. In this program, you'll hear from the experts who are already making differences in their business while picking up strategies that can help you and your business survive and thrive. Now, here's your host, Lisa Chickles. Welcome. It's nice to have you here today. I am broadcasting live from Toronto, Canada. And thank you for taking the time to join me for my show on Theory U, How to Illuminate the Leadership Blind Spot. Usually I chat about things that they couldn't teach you in business school because you have to live it to get it. But today we're taking a little bit of a different approach and chatting about something that is being taught in business school today, Theory U. In past episodes, we've talked about leadership, what it takes to be a good leader and how to lead through change, what it takes to lead a team and leading the implementation of change. Well, today we're going to take leadership one step further. We're going to chat about a leadership tool that helps you not only lead through change, but also create profound change, how you can not only impact the bottom line, but impact the triple bottom line. Regardless of your business goals, this method goes one step beyond the traditional strategic planning methods or management tools and begins to illuminate a leader's blind spot, the things you can't see, and the untapped potential for growth for your organization. We're going to chat today about a method of leadership called Theory U. It was developed at MIT by Otto Scharmer and has been applied by organizations all over the world since 1996, with increasing popularity today. We're going to chat about the philosophy behind Theory U, how it goes beyond traditional management tools, and provides a structure, a way of thinking, to help leaders deliver profound change, or in the words of my guest today, profound transformation. Yes, I have a guest with me today, Michelle Moore. Michelle is the founder of Mind Equity, an organizational consultancy powered by Theory U. Michelle co-creates meaningful transformations with clients through innovation for the triple bottom line. That's people, profit, and the planet. Her 25-year career spanned work in the U.S., Germany, Russia, and Canada. As an equity partner, both with Ernst & Young and PricewaterhouseCoopers, based out of Moscow for 15 years, she launched and led two consulting practices, helping energy, manufacturing, and technology clients transition from command to market economy. In Canada, she became a certified new product development professional and worked with clients to maximize innovation performance. Michelle is passionate about profound transformation not just change. Today, she focuses on specific techniques to enhance management performance from the inside out for key decision makers who know at their core, the creation of value extends beyond the shareholder and equally includes society and our planet at large, and that the sustainability of the company and its brands depends on these factors. Michelle, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Lisa. It's a pleasure to be here. Michelle, can you tell us how you were first introduced to Theory U and why it caught your attention? Sure. I was introduced to Theory U via a course delivered by the Sloan Business School at MIT called the U Lab Transforming Business, Society, and Self. The course ran on the open online edX platform in early 2015 with just 26,000 participants, and then again it ran in September 2015 with 50,000 participants from 185 countries. The impact was 400 co-generated prototypes for projects with social impact. So Theory U intrigued me because for the first time I experienced a framework for transformation which combined techniques I learned in Big Four Consulting with reflective practice, yoga and meditation. 
to approach complex problems in a new way. And all of it is backed by 10 years of MIT's action-based research. Michelle, given your fairly traditional extensive background in corporate consulting, why this approach? Well, because consumers are beginning to value the meaningfulness of a brand. Company and brand survival is going to depend more and more on the impact of their production on the world, positive impact and negative impact. So I'm a person molded in the corporate world. I've always kept my 20-year yoga and meditation practices completely separate from client work. And even in my business bio, I don't generally mention that I'm a 750-hour certified yoga teacher teaching intelligent thinking body approaches rooted in physiology and anatomy. And this happens to be an approach to body work, which is very similar to some of the tools applied in Theory U. So what was really revolutionary for me was to see how Theory U incorporates what they term social technologies to frame contemplative practices in a neutral, intelligent way without using the words yoga, meditation, mindfulness, etc., and for business impact. So this validated not only, you know, it's validated not only by MIT research, but by the fact that companies like Eileen Fisher, the fashion giant, and Hewlett-Packard and Royal Dutch Shell have applied this. Also recently, the Scottish government decided to use Theory U to transform their civil service. And, and why are organizations applying Theory U? because they want to achieve results for collective impact. And again, this is because certain leaders understand that their company's survival and brand depends on this. And because certain complex problems were not being solved in the old way, they needed a new way of thinking. And we know that all true innovation in science, business, society, comes from this generative response to solving a problem. Theory U sounds like it sounds fascinating to me. I'm still sort of wrapping my head around all of it. And I, I love your concept of it kind of combining the traditional business analysis tools for strategic planning or management change and insight with what we're calling these mindfulness practices. Perhaps it would be helpful um, to first share with us what's the difference between those traditional tools that you've probably originally used in uh, at places like Pricewaterhouse and Ernst & Young, and how does that compare to Theory U? Sure. So, you know, I grew up in that big four world, and it's very robust in frameworks for project lifecycle management, et cetera. And so the typical approach is, you know, first you define the problem and the vision, then you do a current state assessment, then you design the future state of the organization or future business processes, maybe future IT systems, then you implement, and then you have continuous improvement. So what theory you adds to that picture is that at every stage of the way, the co-factor, co-initiating, co-sensing is added to it. In the center, after you've done this co-initiation, i.e. defining the vision, co-sensing, doing your current state analysis, you come to presencing which we will talk about later. And then you continue to co-create and co-evolve. You know, PwC always taught us, put yourself in your client's shoes. Well, I think Theory U suggests that you actually put on your client's shoes and walk where they walk, see and sense what your client sees and feels. And that's what this co-sensing is as part of our current state analysis. PwC also had this slogan which I really like, making change stick. Theory U adds to that. It talks about making change be. And it's a bit Gandhi-esque, i.e. be the change you want to see. But it's not about changing, actually. It's about transforming and making big shifts that impact the world. Well, what about those change management tools? And I know that they've evolved. And when we start looking at, you know, innovation and different organizations that are using uh, management tools to actually develop new ideas. So is the area of innovation, is that similar? Is it the same thing? And if not, how is Theory U still different? 
Well, innovation and design, of course, is key to new product development, competitive advantage. And so there are robust industry best practices around innovation management and new product development. And one of those is the StageGate innovation process, which I have worked with in my career. In the StageGate process, you have the idea screen, you do scoping, and there's a lot of focus, of course, on developing the business case. And the business case for a new product or a new innovation, you know, it must have product and competitive advantage, it must have financial risk versus reward, technical feasibility, all those elements. Theory U adds to that business case and says, We must step back as leaders, as new product developers or as innovators, and we need to do an analysis of the externalities. And what that means is this new product or innovation that we're developing, what positive and negative impact does it have on our users, our consumers, our planet, our society, our communities? The business case should include this articulation of feeling the negative externalities in particular and understanding the impact of this decision to move forward with a new innovation or a new product. So an example of an externality is, you know, a company that is building a new factory and the pollution that that factory causes. That is an externality that impacts the planet. Then, of course, we have the financial meltdown caused by toxic home mortgages in the United States. So there you had leaders not taking into account the problem of the toxic home mortgage, and you see the result that it had, you know, impact, negative impact worldwide. Then you have impact of technology development, which can lead to device addiction, right? We have, we have mobile phones and information overload. That's another example of a negative externality. Or even you can say Coca-Cola as a sugary drink has the negative externality of, of weight gain or, or non-optimum health. If we go to IDEO's design thinking, another best practice in the world of innovation and design, it brings together what is desirable from a human point of view with what is technology feasible and economically viable. So Theory U also builds on design thinking with tools applying not just the open mind or the think out of the box concept that we all know, but applying a position of open heart and open will to the whole design process as well. And finally, in this compare and contrast, management tools often focus on applying existing frameworks, looking back, reacting. So when we have a problem or an innovation in front of us that we want to solve, we react by looking at history, looking at lots of data from the past and experience from the past. What Theory U is saying, sure, take that into account, but also access your intuition at a certain moment and look forward for generative thinking or generative problem solving. Michelle, that, that's, an, that's an excellent comparison and really helps to start frame sort of what the differences are and what the opportunities are within Theory U. And we are coming up on a break. So when we come back, um, I am going to ask Michelle to chat more about Theory U and how we can apply this to our businesses. Back in, back in a moment. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Take your business to the next level. Deliver more growth to your bottom line and bring innovation to your organization. Visit LisaChicklesConsulting.com. Lisa Chickles Consulting will work with you to unearth your brand's potential to drive business results. Lisa works with the top brands in the corporate and not-for-profit sectors to develop strategic plans to ensure success. Bring a fresh and original perspective to your business. Visit LisaChicklesConsulting.com. That's LisaChicklesConsulting.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
You are tuned into Chat with Chickles. To reach Lisa and her guest today, please call into 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. You may also send Lisa an email to chatwithchickles at rogers.com. Now, back to this week's show. We are back and we are chatting about Theory U and illuminating the leadership blind spot. And I have here with me today, Michelle Moore, founder of Mind Equity Consulting, who is helping us to understand the thinking behind Theory U and how we might, as leaders, be able to apply it to our businesses in order to deliver profound transformation, not just change. Now, just before the break, Michelle was comparing and contrasting, you know, the, the tools that we use today, the frameworks that we use to, you know, to help us, you know, unlock the potential of the future around innovation and change management. And she also was saying that theory you, the old methods are looking at old ways of thinking. We react to things. We use existing frameworks and we look backwards. She started to talk about generative thinking. And I'm just going to ask Michelle to um, to explain a little bit further, what do you mean by generative thinking? So I really like Albert Einstein's quote in the context of Theory U. He says, we cannot solve problems with the same kind of thinking that created them. So generative thinking comes from different generative listening, which is otherwise known as listening to the gut or your intuition. It's also the experience of tapping into deep states of attention or awareness, which is a state really well known by top performing athletes, sometimes referred to as being in the zone. So for example, Bill Russell, the key player of the Boston Celtics, he mentioned states of peak performance, which were magical. So he quotes in his book, at that special level of peak performance, it was almost as if we were playing in slow motion. I could almost sense how the next play would develop and where the next shot would be taken. So peak performance techniques have been studied and cultivated for athletes. Top athletes and championship teams around the world have begun to work with refined techniques of attention and awareness. But business leaders operate largely without these techniques, or indeed without any awareness that such techniques exist. You know, that's, it's a great point that you talk about. Um, we, I had done a show that talked about the corporate athlete, and I find when we think about sports and athleticism, we have a tendency to think broader. We can get to what I'd call a little bit more of that emotional state of leadership. Can, can you tell me a little bit more about that? Are there other areas of, let's say, business or innovation that are already tapping into the concept of Theory U? Absolutely. So those are our creative people, the artists, the designers, composers, writers, innovators, scientists. These people understand how to generate ideas, solutions, and make big discoveries. And they do this because they do a lot of listening and observing as part of their creative process. And they often spend much time alone in silence, allowing ideas and solutions to arise and to come to them, basically. Those of us who are in our heads a lot, analyzing, comparing, and this is many people in business, we're taught to analyze. We like to rely on lots of data, financial analysis, historical, proven processes, and we often get sucked into analysis paralysis. And this is reactive thinking. We try to solve a problem by reacting to all of the data we can find to prove that we are right about the solution we are proposing to a board, to management, to the market. Thus, there are fundamentally two types of thinking. One is the application of existing frameworks, reactive thinking, and the other one is accessing one's inner knowing, one's gut, one's intuition, one's instinct, and that's generative thinking. So the interesting fact, as we said, is all innovation in science, business, society is based on the latter, not on the everyday downloading type of cognition or thinking. And this was quoted by Brian Arthur, head of economics at the Santa Fe Institute. Michelle, you spoke earlier about not just change or growth, but profound change or or profound transformation. Theory used for organizations that are looking for that type of growth or change or impact. Can you explain what you mean by that concept and how that's evolved? 
Yeah, I think my whole career, you know, in the last 25 years has been around change management. And change used to be just a reaction to something, like the need to manufacture a cheaper product in response to more competition. And then it evolved to exponential change, a change necessary to achieve growth in the market, more market share, et cetera, scaling production to global expansion, adapting product to local market needs, et cetera. And then we entered the era of complex change, which I spent many years in, change required to successfully implement large-scale systems or processes or processes, physical infrastructures. So when SAP, the famous ERP system, came along, those implementations were complex. They impacted people, process, organization, culture, and technology. And then I would say change evolved to a fourth level, transformational change. Transformation creates the future. It's forward-looking, whereas change more fixes the past. And transformation causes a fundamental shift, a breakthrough, or it's disruptive innovation, like the cell phone. And now we're beginning to move into this era of profound change or profound transformation. And so like transformational change... It's holistically considering all of the positive and negative impacts to create a future that is not ego or self-serving centric, rather, in Otto Scharmer's terms, eco-centric or economy, meaning world-centric driven and co-created collectively and for the collective good. Michelle, that's a great way of sharing kind of how we've evolved both as business leaders and societal leaders and going through these levels of change. Um, can you tell me a little bit more what you mean by the difference between an ego and an ecocentric view and, and a little bit more of this theory you or some of the, the processes or philosophies or steps behind it? Yeah, so to, to distill theory you into, into a definition – So it's an approach or a framework for transformation, and it's a leadership and management approach. It's also a five-step framework for organizational, societal, team, or self-transformation. It's a project method, a method for leading a profound transformational project. And it's also known as a way of being, connecting to the more authentic or higher aspects of the self, like the athletes do and the the creative people do. And it also contains in its framework specific techniques applied to enhance management performance from the inside out. So as you said in your intro, it was created at MIT, at the Sloan Business School, Boston, by professors Otto Scharmer and Peter Senge. He's the author of The Fifth Discipline. And Sharmer's book, Theory U, was published in 2009. And recently, at the second half of 2015, it was followed up with the book, Leading from the Emerging Future. So this transformation that he talks about in Theory U and Leading from the Emerging Future is intended to shift the entire economy from an ecosystem to an ecosystem. And to explain this, Otto identified four levels of economic development, starting with a 1.0 economy, which is state-centric, like today North Korea is a good example, with much hierarchy and control and excessive awareness of traditional, of a, of a supreme leader, right? Then you have economy 2.0, or the free market economy, with competition and awareness of the ego or self-centered buying and selling decisions. We move to Economy 3.0, the social market, with networks and negotiation and awareness of the stakeholders. I think a lot of our economy is in this 3.0 dimension. And then the evolving economy that Sharma proposes to invest in is Economy 4.0, or the co-creative economy, with seeing and acting from the whole and a keen awareness of the ecosystem. So I think in our world today, we still see 1.0, 2.0, 3.0 economies at play, and small segments of some economies are moving towards 4.0, co-creative economy. Well, Michelle, it sounds like it would be a great place to be if we were getting to that 4.0. So is Theory U unique? Are, Are other companies using something similar to Theory U or similar language? 
I think Theory U is unique in language and unique in that it has action-based research at MIT behind it. But there are similar types of thinking. For example, you have the trend of mindfulness started by John Kabat-Zinn in the healthcare sector, which has now moved more and more to business. And you could say it's almost mainstream in Silicon Valley with mindfulness meditation practices for employee engagement and for leadership. And Google has even created an institute around this called the Search Inside Yourself Leadership Institute. There's also a reputed, well-reputed conference called Wisdom 2.0 where these topics are discussed. And then you have Adriana Huffington's new book on the third metric, which also goes into those discussions. And just a couple of weeks ago, New York Times reporter David Gellis published his new book, Mindful Work, How Meditation is Changing Business from the Inside Out. You also have this type of thought come into the marketing profession with Lisa Nero's book, The Mindful Marketer, where she presents the dangers of big data and how marketers must stay present to be profitable. So the term mindfulness is not front and center of theory you language, but its principles certainly are found throughout. Well, that's great to know. So it sounds like it's people are starting to move towards um, this way of thinking, this way of solving problems to help us get to a better place. How can theory you help us with our businesses? So, you know, as a leader, how can we in our organizations benefit from applying theory you? Yeah, so the purpose of business, according to Theory U, and this evolving to the 4.0 economy with the ecosystem awareness, it's not just about increasing your bottom line. It's about enhancing the well-being of society. And this is for the sustainability of your company and your brand. At the same time, we're in, in this age of disruption with financial collapse, climate change, resource depletion, growing gap between rich and poor, and all these problems are not being solved, and they are impacting our business. They're not being solved collectively because we continue to create results that nobody wants, results like poverty, hunger, violence, terrorism, AIDS, overconsumption, destruction of well-being and mental health, because of this leadership blind spot and egocentric decision-making. So what Theory U does for leaders, it, it helps them illuminate the blind spot. And the blind spot can mean non-awareness of intuition, non-awareness of the source dimension, non-awareness of the gut knowledge. So Theory U gives the leaders a framework for transformation that emphasizes the whole, which will ultimately result in a more resilient, intentional, inclusive, and aware economy. And this blind spot, it's also not realizing that the future of your company and brand is going to depend more and more on an understanding of the impact your production or your service has on the rest of the world, not just the impact on the shareholders and the customers, but the impact on the wider ecosystem. Michelle, this is great. We, we are coming up on a break, um, and I this is just so such a great theory and a way for us to be thinking as leaders of today and the future. And when we come back, um, Michelle and I will chat more about Theory U and how it can be applied to your business. We'll be back in a bit. From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. Take your business to the next level. Deliver more growth to your bottom line and bring innovation to your organization. Visit LisaChicklesConsulting.com. Lisa Chickles Consulting will work with you to unearth your brand's potential to drive business results. Lisa works with the top brands in the corporate and not-for-profit sectors to develop strategic plans to ensure success. Bring a fresh and original perspective to your business. Visit LisaChicklesConsulting.com. That's LisaChicklesConsulting.com. 
Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned into Chat with Chickles. To reach Lisa and her guest today, please call into 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. You may also send Lisa an email to chatwithchickles at rogers.com. Now, back to this week's show. We're back and we are chatting about Theory U and illuminating the leadership blind spot. And I have here with me today Michelle Moore, founder of Mind Equity. Just before the break, uh, Michelle was talking about, you know, the power of Theory U and sort of helping to illuminate that blind spot for leaders, helping them to see beyond their singular bottom line and thinking more about the triple bottom line and how their business can impact, um, you know, our world economy as a whole, our planet, the people, and our business. So, Michelle, how can Theory U help us as leaders um, illuminate the blind spot? So, if it's my blind spot, I don't see it. So, what tools are they giving me or, or how are they helping me to see what right now maybe I'm not seeing? So I think the four innovative tools are, number one, which we've spoken about, enabling the leader to think from the present moment into the future, the generative thinking, and moving away from reactive thinking or relying on old frameworks. Two, the action of co-everywhere, co-creating with and for the collective good, working together. And co-creation, an example of this, is particularly evident in space missions. So listen to this astronaut quote about his experience on the International Space Station. When I was above the space station, I looked at this amazing accomplishment. Fifteen nations have worked together to build this. And if we can take 15 nations... Together, imagine what we can do to overcome some of the challenges facing our planet, putting aside our differences. So I think this is a great example of of co-creation, teams getting together that maybe don't disagree, don't agree on a lot of things, but they put their disagreements aside to co-create a great common vision. Then number three, it's a tool for shifting the leadership mindset by changing the quality of attention and intention. So attention is the behavioral and cognitive process of selectively concentrating on a discrete aspect of information. It's focus. Attention is focus. It's how we listen to ourselves and to others. And the structure of attention can basically be defined in four fields, and Theory U articulates this. So If you're field one of attention, you're operating in your listening mode from the old me-centric world. You're downloading old habits of thought. If you're operating from field two, you're operating from the current it world. So you're looking at factual and object-focused listening. Then the next field is field three, operating from your current you world. And this is where empathy comes in, empathic listening, really putting yourself in your client's shoes and and elevating your listening to a higher level with empathy. And the final field is field four, the highest future possibility. You're listening to this highest future possibility that is wanting to emerge, and that is generative listening. So you're sensing and feeling and listening with empathy from the present moment forward, looking for that highest future possibility to solve a problem or to create a vision. So by having your attention as a leader at the highest level, or these fields that theory you defines, you are most likely to succeed and achieve the results you are seeking. And this is what the MIT action-based research shows. 
So at the same time, this is true for intention. So intention is a mental state that represents a commitment to carrying out an action or actions in the future. So if there's no intention or if there's just a vague intention or worse yet a negative intention on the part of a leader, the likelihood of whatever that leader is doing to be high performing is quite low. So thus the leader's quality of intention also brought to the task at hand is a critical success factor for strong results. So to be successful in achieving profound change, leaders need to be thinking at the highest level or in that field of generative listening as a leader in both areas, attention and intention. And then you have the, the most complex tool, which is presencing. And presencing is an activity represented by a blended word, sensing and presence. So sensing is the ability to feel a future possibility, and presence is the state of being in the present moment. And I think the only way to understand that, this reflective process, is to show how presencing occurred during the Apollo 8 mission to the moon in 1968. Yeah, and I think we have an audio clip to play here. In 1968, Apollo 8 went to the moon. They didn't land, but they did circle the moon and I was watching it on television and at a certain point one of the astronauts casually said we're going to turn the camera around and show you the earth and he did and that was the first time I had ever seen the planet hanging in space like that and it was profound. I think that for me like for many other people it was quite a shock. I don't think any of us had any expectations about how it would give us such a different perspective. I think the focus had been, we're going to the stars, we're going to the other planets, and suddenly we look back at ourselves and it seems to imply um, a new kind of self-awareness. One of the astronauts said, when we originally went to the moon, our total focus was on the moon. We weren't thinking about looking back at the Earth. But now that we've done it, that may well have been the most important reason we went. I think what we're hearing from that clip is, you know, what, Michelle, what you were talking about, which is that concept of presencing, right? That moment when you can look back and have perspective on something. Is that, is that where you were thinking that, that that clip is sort of bringing to life the concept of presencing? Absolutely. This shows in the extreme how the astronauts literally stepped outside of themselves and they were even physically, you know, away from Earth, up in space, reflecting back and seeing Earth for the first time from that completely different perspective. And that is presencing at the core. Oh, that's, that's great. Can, can we, um, I'm just going to skip ahead a little bit here, uh, Michelle, and ask, you know, given that we are all leaders um, here in some way, either leading our own company or leading an organization or a project, can you explain a little bit more about sort of what are some of the challenges as leaders today in sort of theory you and what's getting in the way of us thinking and working and looking at things from this perspective? So what's getting away, getting in the way is, again, this, this blind spot, and, and even this blind spot to the fact that the problems of the world, terrorism, poverty, etc., that they actually impact our business. And sometimes as business leaders, you know, we're kind of in our silos, and we don't realize how these world problems can cause our economies to decline or reflect, be reflected in increased prices or the inability to attract more customers, decreased productivity or higher taxes. So, so some of that blind spot is business leaders not taking 
into account the impact of these world issues. And so when a leader can, can look at these problems and realize my role in this is important and how is it important and how can I impact that is presencing in a sense, and that is this holistic view of the ecosystem and how our business fits into it and is impacted by it. That's great. And a perfect timing because we are coming up on a break. And when we come back, we are going to talk about how as a leader, we can practically apply these theories to help us, you know, as we said at the beginning of the show, not just grow our bottom line, but grow the triple bottom line. Back in a bit. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network take your business to the next level deliver more growth to your bottom line and bring innovation to your organization visit lisachicklesconsulting.com lisa chickles consulting will work with you to unearth your brand's potential to drive business results Lisa works with the top brands in the corporate and not-for-profit sectors to develop strategic plans to ensure success. Bring a fresh and original perspective to your business. Visit LisaChicklesConsulting.com. That's LisaChicklesConsulting.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into Chat with Chickles. To reach Lisa and her guest today, please call into 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. You may also send Lisa an email to chatwithchickles at rogers.com. Now, back to this week's show. Hi, and we're here with Michelle Moore, uh, founding uh, founder of Mind Equity, a consulting organization that's powered by TheoryU. And we're uncovering how, as leaders, we can illuminate our own blind spots to help us to leave, deliver um, not only you know for our bottom line, but also our triple triple bottom line. So, Michelle, how can a leader peer into this blind spot? How do we need to do things differently? Yeah, so I think at its core, leadership is about shaping and shifting how individuals and groups attend to and subsequently respond to a situation. So the trouble is that many leaders are unable to recognize or let alone change the structural habits of attention used in their organizations. So leadership disconnect by some, is referred to as a lack of emotional intelligence. So when EQ, or emotional intelligence, first appeared to the masses in 1995, it served as the missing link to achieving peak performance. Self-awareness and self-management are key skills in raising EQ, and there are strategies to improve EQ, which have long been researched and discussed, in particular by Daniel Goleman, uh, with his book, Emotional Intelligence. So it's interesting that theory used social technologies actually incorporate many of the same strategies used to raise EQ, such as cultivating awareness, empathy, and the ability to be vulnerable. So again, this blind spot, too, is this realization or shining light on the fact that company survival is at stake here more and more. And you can see this, too, in a recent quote in in the February 4th, 2016, New York Times article. Walt Bettinger of Charles Schwab says in an article called, You've Got to Open Up to Move Up. He says, quote, in the transition from management to leadership, I had to open up. I had to be vulnerable. I had to share with people. In fact, it was more important than anything to share with people the great failures in my life as opposed to the successes. So vulnerability is a technique on peering into the blind spot. So for the most part also, existing learning or problem solving and mainstream innovation relies on past methods and historical data, as we said before. So leaders today need to let go more of the past and go to a deeper sense of knowing, go to their gut and learn from the emerging future. 
So great innovators, scientists, and athletes, they all know how to tap into their source. And Theory U presents this formal management methodology that can applied, be applied consistently across sectors and problem types. So any leader in any industry can apply Theory U to a problem, to improving their leadership, or to a project. Well, I'm glad to hear that there's, <clears throat> excuse me, a process because... You know, that's what I'm looking for if I can't tap into that inner source. So tell me more about that. How can I apply Theory U in a, I'll call it a more practical way for my business? Yeah, so Theory U actually is is a U-shaped arrow instead of a linear arrow. We're used to processes being, being linear. And Theory U calls it steps rather than, calls it movements rather than, than steps along this, this U-shaped process. So there are five movements along the U, three movements down the U and three movements up the U. So we start out on the left side of the U with simple problem definition. And step one, we're doing the problem definition by co-initiating, by listening to others, by listening to ourselves, listening to our team, the organization, external parties impacted by the problem we're, we're discussing. And we're listening to what the gut tells us needs to be done. And we're co-creating a vision or a problem definition. Step two, or movement two, on, along the U process is co-sensing. This is observing at a deep and personal level to find the solution of the most potential. So we're in effect, we're in current state analysis, and there is going to be, you know, some incorporation certainly of historical data and stakeholder interviews, but the approach to these, it's different. We're feeling and sensing as we're speaking to stakeholders and people impacted by the problem we're discussing. In step three, we're at the bottom of the U. So this is presencing. This is looking back on Earth when you've traveled to the moon, you're looking back on Earth or back on your problem or your project or your innovation, and you're taking the time to reflect as a group or as a person. You're reflecting in silence and allowing the inner knowing or the aha moment to emerge. Then you're ready to go up the U. And so you're into co-creation or prototyping. So this is where we're building on design thinking, we're prototyping, we're co-prototyping to explore the future by doing. We've stopped analyzing and we're really testing and prototyping the ideas that emerged from our reflection or from the presencing. And finally, at the top of the U on the right-hand side, we're in movement five, where we're co-evolving by embodying the new, acting from the whole. So in this step, we're actually performing. We're looking at the prototypes, we're reviewing the prototypes, and those which work and have the most impact are chosen with the involvement of stakeholders from other institutions and sectors, and the outcome is high-leverage prototypes, which are piloted. And then you move to go live and then to scaling. Well, it, it, it sounds like a great pro- a great process or a movement to undergo and certainly understanding presencing helps is trying to uncover that aha moment. I'm going to skip ahead to, okay, so I'm the pragmatist in the group. I love what you're talking about. I, I can see the, um, the potential in terms of co-creating and creating not only a better bottom line for me, but for you know, the people around me in the planet. But then I've got people on my board or in my organizations who are saying, yeah, 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 but I need to see the bottom line. I need to see that our profits are going up. Are we seeing that there is an impact on the bottom line? Are we seeing that all of this is also helping those organizations that are employing this type of thinking? Yes. So meaningful brands is is an analytical framework, actually, that's been developed by Havas Media. So it's a global framework to connect human well-being with brands at a business level. It measures the benefits of brands and what they bring to our lives. So this meaningful brand index developed by Havas Media is, is quite unique. This year, or in 2015, rather, 700 brands were analyzed, over 134,000 consumers were involved, and 23 countries were the scope. 
So it measures the impact of the brand's benefits along its impact on 12 different areas of well-being for a full view of its effect on our quality of life. And why do we care about this? We care about this because meaningful brands outperform the stock market by 133%. So what goes into it? They look at seven personal well-being metrics, physical, financial, etc. They also look at the marketplace metric, what's the impact on the market, so that's the pure business part. And they look at five collective well-being metrics, goals and ethics, environment, community, workplace, and economy. So very in sync with Theory U. And Have Ask Media publishes the results of the Meaningful Brand Index every year. So the results that have come out for 2015 are, are phenomenal. So number one, you've got marketing KPIs, marketing key performance in indicators. And these perform 100% better overall compared with brands that don't perform as high on this index. And so what's happened this year in 2015 is that with every 10% improvement on the meaningfulness performance, the individual brand KPIs grow by 2.5% for familiarity, 4.9% for overall impression, 6.6% for purchase intent, 3.2% for repurchase intent, and 4.8% for advocacy, 10.4% for premium pricing. So you can charge a higher price if you have a meaningful brand. Number and two, Michelle, just to let you know, we were about two minutes to the close. So just letting you know. Yeah, so I'll close with these, these great metrics. Right. So meaningful brands gain 46% share of wallet, and as I said, they outperform the stock market by 133%. So, so here we have metrics that create a business case for why Theory U is good for business. Oh, Michelle, that, that's great. And certainly having the metrics will help me to sell it to, to the people that I work with, which is, you know, some people can only see it from that perspective. And this has just been a fascinating topic. I'm sorry, I wish we had more time to go into more de detail. And I just want to thank you so much for sharing this concept of Theory U with us today and how leaders like us can, um, can apply this theory. So for all of you out there, if you have questions on how to practically apply Theory you, please contact today's guest, Michelle Moore, founder of Mind Equity at mmoore at mindequity.ca or visit her website at mindequity.ca. You can also download this episode on my host page on voiceamerica.com or iTunes. Thank you so much for joining us today and we'll chat with you again next week. Thank you for joining us for Chat with Chickles. Please tune in again next Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time for another edition with brand expert Lisa Chickles on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll talk again on the next show.